So uh, an article by the Associated Press, it was uh, published February 12th, 2023, just after uh, the Super Bowl this year. And the, the title uh, of the article was Slippery Conditions at State Farm Stadium in Phoenix. It goes on to say, the field at State Farm Stadium turned into a Super Bowl slip and slide. Um, the article went on to say, players from both teams had a hard time keeping their footing on Sunday leading several to change their cleats. Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes slipped while trying to make a cut, but was able to gain a few more yards. Kansas City receiver uh, Sky Moore lost his footing on a jet sweep. I don't know what that is. Uh, run, and then running back Isaiah Pacheco. I, this is just, I mean, I shouldn't even be saying anything about NFL because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing these names correctly, but, uh, you know, I wanted to relate to you guys, all you guys in the room and ladies that love... Uh, Isaiah Pacheco even slipped during his celebration after scoring a touchdown. I mean, it, it was crazy. And if you watched, I mean, even if you were kind of watching from afar or like me, you were just eating the chips and dip, and that's why you were there. Um, and there, there happened to be something going on on the TV, right? It was a crazy game. There were a lot of slip-ups. And it just goes to show that, like, you can train all that you want, right? But if you can't stay on your feet, it's going to affect the game, Right? And that's the truth, whether, whether we're talking about football or whether we're talking about the spiritual battle that every single one of us is in. We've been in a series on the armor of God, fighting the battle, fighting the good fight. We've looked at the schemes of the enemy of our souls and how he's trying to, to take us down and to throw something in between us and God and us and others. And we've looked uh, at some of the, 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 the stuff that God calls us to put on. In fact, Paul's challenge to the Ephesians, it's Ephesians chapter 6, that's where we're going to camp out, is to put on all of God's armor so that we can stand, stand firm. Because we don't want to slip up, right? We don't want to lose our footing in this battle that we're in. And we've looked at some of the different pieces of armor. We've looked at the belt of truth. Last week, we also looked at the breastplate of righteousness or the body armor of righteousness. But today, the piece of armor that we're going to learn about and put on has much to do with staying our ground. Perhaps more important than any other piece of armor because, like I said before, it doesn't matter how much you train and how prepared you are, or perhaps even what armor you're wearing, if we can't keep our stand, we're going to fall. So today we want to think together about what we'll call the boots of peace, or the, the gospel shoes of peace. And so here's what Paul writes uh, for us to put on. He says, for shoes, he says, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Let me read it again. For shoes, he says, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared prepared. I want us to camp out on three important words in this short verses. It's the word peace, it's the word good news, and then prepared. So let's think about this. Paul says to the Ephesians, and he's saying to us, because we're receivers of God's truth to us, to our lives today as well, he's saying that it's possible to have peace in the midst of the battle. He says, 
but it's something that you have to put on, put on on a daily basis. He says, for shoes, put on peace. Now, in our series in the book of Galatians, we looked at the fruit of God's Spirit, and we, we defined peace during that series in this way, that peace is a confidence and rest in God's control, not our own. You guys, we're in a battle, and the enemy is coming after us and coming at us And Paul says, if we want to be ready, if we want to be prepared, if we want to stand our ground, what we need to put on our feet is peace. He's saying that it's possible to have a confident assurance in God's control even when you're on the battlefield, even even when the enemy is breathing down your neck, even when you are feeling attacked on all sides he says, if, we, if we've got the right thing on our feet, we're going to be secure. We will have peace, peace, God's kind of peace. And that's why Paul says, for shoes, put on the peace. I want you to know that this is not some like, oh, just look deep within to find your inner peace in order to get through the battle. Paul's being very clear here that this is something that we don't have in and of ourselves. It's something that we have to put on. It's something that comes from outside of us that then we put on by faith so that we'll be prepared, so that we can stand our ground. He says, put on peace. It's a daily thing. Just like I put on my shoes this morning, I thought, I thought about being funny today and doing the whole little, you know, um, Mr. Uh, Rogers neighborhood and coming out and, you know, sitting down and putting on shoes and, you know, but you get the point. Every day we put on our shoes uh, because we need them. They protect our feet. They get us places, right? Uh, Except in the summer, right? And then you're just on your boats and you're barefoot or you're wearing your Sperry's or whatever it is. Uh, But put on peace. He says this is something that comes from outside of ourselves. Peace is, is one of the fruits of God's Spirit, and it's a gift from God. But we put it on by believing and having faith in God and in his son, Jesus Christ. So he says, put on peace. But remember, I said that this is a peace that comes from somewhere else. It's, it's, it's not in our own kind of closet, okay? No matter how big your walk-in closet or maybe not walk-in closet may be, this is not something that we just have uh, in and of ourselves. He says that it's peace that comes from someplace. And that leads us to the second important phrase or word, He says it's peace that comes from the good news. That word good news is a Greek word, euangelion. It just, it's often translated just the gospel. Uh, So he's saying, put on the gospel shoes of peace. And the peace that comes from the gospel, the gospel is the good news about who God is and what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. And the, the life of a Christ follower is is about continually exploring and understanding how the good news and the gospel affects every arena of our lives. I mean, the gospel is not something that we just believe one day and accept cognitively. It's something that we put into action on a daily basis because it has something to say about everything. It has the gospel, the good news about Jesus has something to say about our finances, about our relationships, about our our friendships, about our work life about our holiness, about our temptations, about 
the battle that we're in. But at its very essence, and I think that's, this is what Paul's getting at, if we want to put on the very essence of the gospel, it's this. It's that the good news is that faith that is possible, that eternal life is possible by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Pastor Ryan Mortar, who was here for so many years, uh, he would say this all the time, sola, so, sola scripture, sola gloria, right? In, in God alone, right? Glory to God alone. And, and, and the essence of the gospel says it's that we can have eternal life by God's grace alone. That is, it's an unmerited gift, right? If we want to go into the battle and be ready and wear have this kind of peace, it's being at peace with God, but that only happens by God's grace. It's not by like proving ourselves to God in order to be at peace with God. It's accepting a free gift and by faith, by believing, by trusting, by, by entrusting our lives and our eternity into the person and work of Jesus that he has done on our behalf through the cross and the resurrection. This is how we're going to put on peace on a daily basis. It's remind ourselves of the good news and that it's only found in Christ, in Christ alone, that we're not going to find this peace in ourselves. We're not going to find our, this peace that we need for the battle in someone else, even though we can be, become so codependent upon other people, even our families, uh, for, to, to be at peace. It, it's not a peace that's going to be found in something else, in, in money or in the right job, or because those things are up and down and can come and go. What Paul is telling the Ephesians is that they've got to put something on their feet that is so secure and trustworthy that it changes everything. And so Paul goes on, and, and, and he kind of, in the book of Romans, he illuminates this. He talks about the power of the gospel. And we see these words show up again, faith and peace and Jesus Christ alone. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, right, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. Not what we've done, but what Jesus has done. This is where we find peace. Peace for the battle. And in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, so put on this peace that comes from the good news. I think this is why Paul was able to say uh, when, when he was in the battle, in fact, when he was facing imminent death, this is what he writes to his protege, young Timothy. He says, as for me, my life, it's already being poured out as an offering to God. He says, the time of my death is near. This is why Paul, in the, in the midst of the battle, like whether he lived or died, he could have peace. He says, my death is near, and I know, he says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race, and I've remained faithful. And he says, and now a prize awaits me. It's like Paul is on his deathbed. He's losing the battle of life, but he's looking into eternity because he has peace. He has peace with God. And he's even looking forward almost with anticipation to the end of his life. And so if you're in the battle today, and man, it feels like you're dying or you're, you're barely making it. 
it's possible to still have peace, but they're found in the gospel shoes of peace. It's something that we put on. And, and Paul finishes this verse saying these shoes um, that we put on come from this peace that comes from the gospel, and he says, so that we will be fully prepared. This is the last word that's so important in this text, and interestingly, that phrase fully prepared or the word prepared, uh, the, the original Greek word, it only shows up one time in the entire Bible, and it's right here. Which, which kind of makes it difficult for uh, people, scholars that interpret the Bible and translate the Bible because it's only used once. There's a little bit of debate. Like, so what was Paul really getting at when he says, put on these shoes um, that, that, that bring you peace that, that, that's found in the gospel, the good news of Jesus, so that you'll be prepared? Prepared for what? In what way? So the Greek word is this word, hedem messiah. And it means it can mean a, a number of things. It can mean preparation. It can mean foundation or firm footing, which, which really makes sense in the context, doesn't it? Especially when before Paul says, you know, put on the whole armor of God so that you can make your stand. And then actually later in the verse, he says, and after having done all that you can, you will be found standing firm. It sounds like a firm footing, right? A foundation. And yet, it has this idea of like readiness, of agility, of preparedness. I might put it this way, that the gospel shoes of peace, they give us both stability and mobility. Can you say that with me? The gospel shoes of peace give us both stability and mobility. Now, what do I mean by that? Stability. Uh, these are actual, well, not actual, replicas of, of what would have been the kind of boots or shoes. And you say, well, those don't look like boots. And I, like when I think about a, a warrior, uh, a soldier going into battle, I don't see them wearing like, you know, these kind of, I don't know, they're kind of flimsy. They kind of look a little feminine. Like I would not wear those. <laughs> and yet these these were most likely very similar to the kind of really sandals that Roman soldiers wore in that day. Now, what's important to know is that um, the sandals were, were, you know, made of leather, very durable. Uh, they were, there was holes that, that helped the feet breathe. That meant that when a, when a soldier was going to battle and they were trudging through water or through swamplands, swamp that their feet would air out, that they would dry out more quickly. Uh, they went up the ankle and they would lace around the ankle, which would actually provide support to the ankle. And anybody that uh, has been in any sort of battle, any sort of soldier, any sort of sport, you know the importance of having your ankles secure. That's why I think in some ways it, it reminds me of, of, of a pair of football cleats. And, and these are not mine because I didn't play. I was just a wrestler, guys, remember? Um, but but the the... the the sandals of that day actually had these, these studs on the bottom of them, sometimes called hobnails. And it, it was to provide stability. Just like when, when a football player goes out onto the field, uh, they, they wear some cleats. Why? So that when the enemy is coming at them, they can dig in. They can, they can have a steadiness a sure foundation so they don't slip all around the field like during the Super Bowl, right? That they're secure. 
And, and this is what the gospel shoes of peace are meant to do in your life and my life. And it's something that, again, we don't find it in ourselves. It only comes from God and from the good news of the gospel. And when we anchor our lives in that way, no matter what's coming at us, like a lineman holding the line, we can be secure. It provides stability, a stability that, man, every single one of us, we need because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people right now, they're getting hit. They're getting hit hard. They're getting hit with death and loss, like Spencer and his family. They're getting hit with, with financial crises and job losses. They're getting hit with health concerns. And, you know, the enemy just capitalizes on all of these things to take us down. So where are we going to find our security? Where are we going to find our anchor? It's in the gospel shoes of peace, man. The warriors, they could have the biggest sword. They could have the most awesome shields, and we'll talk more about those things in the weeks ahead. But if you can't even stay your ground, we're going to be in big trouble. The gospel shoes of peace, they, they provide stability, but they also provide mobility. I was thinking about this. Um, you know, everybody that goes out on the football field, regardless of the position that they play, they wear cleats. And, and, and it's kind of multiple purposes, isn't it? Yes, for stability. I mean, the linemen, they wear them just to hold the line and, and to kind of play the defense, right? But then you've got the wide receivers, they aren't trying to hold the line. They're trying to maneuver around the line. They're trying to, to gain access and, and, and get open so that they can catch a pass and so that they can carry the ball across the line, right? It's, it's not just about stability, but it's also about mobility. And this is what we need in our lives. And I think in the context of what Paul was saying to the Ephesians, I think he was talking about both. He was talking about a sure foundation in Jesus, but he was also about mobilizing, moving the ball forward. And what's the ball? The ball is the gospel, the good news, because once we've experienced that kind of peace in our life, we want other people to also experience that same kind of peace. It's what, it's what um, Paul, uh, Isaiah, the, 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 the prophet, said in the Old Testament. He says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. I love how one commentator puts it. Isaiah prophetically sees the messengers bringing their joyous good news to a sad and forsaken land. After a long, weary time of seeing Jerusalem in ruins, news would finally come of Judah's redemption. The prophet could now even see the bearers of this good news running on the Judean mountainside, Peace and salvation were on the way. You guys, I think the gospel shoes of peace that Paul talks about, this piece of armor that we're to put on on a daily basis, it's not just to help us hold our ground, it's to help us move forward. It's to help us advance. It's to help us carry the good news to other people as well. And Paul, he repeats these verses and quotes them uh, in the book of Nahum, it's repeated, and then Paul quotes them in the book of Romans, specifically within the context of sharing faith. And he ends 
our passage of Ephesians on the armor of God in this way. So this is why, again, I, I see the context here. It says, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. He says, I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador, which, by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus, you too are God's ambassador. He says, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. You guys, the gospel shoes of peace are meant to help us stand our ground, to be defensive, but the gospel shoes of peace are meant to help us move forward and to share Jesus with others. This was the heartbeat of the Apostle Paul. It's why the Ephesian church probably existed was because of his influence there, sharing Jesus with people. And you and I, we have that same opportunity to wear the gospel shoes of peace and to carry Jesus to people that don't yet know. Therefore, stability and mobility. And so I want to leave us with two really important next step questions. Number one, where are my feet slipping? If the gospel, I mean, do we have the peace of God gripping us to the ground firmly? What, what is it that's causing us to slip? Is it thoughts? Is it patterns? Is it old habits? Is it, is it a, a focus on others so much so that we forget ourselves? Is it, is it a focus on others and what they have that's causing us to, be, to lack contentment, and so we're just always striving, looking for more, and we're losing ground because we're not focused on what we already have? What, what, what might be causing our feet to slip? I don't know what it is in your life, but I bet as soon as I said it, something came into mind. Maybe it means uh, seeking some support, some help from someone else so that, so that we can stay steady, so that we can stay firm. And to make sure that we're anchored in the peace of Christ. Where are my feet slipping? And then a second question, who's God calling you, who's God calling me to move towards with the gospel, the good news of Jesus? There's this um, powerful little interaction in the book of John. And uh, uh, Andrew is there with his brother, Simon. Both of them were fishermen. And, and Andrew had been following Jesus and paying attention to Jesus a little bit more than Simon had. And I'm sure there was some brotherly rivalry and, you know, brothers upset each other. And, uh, you know, we see our weaknesses and, and you know, you kind of go at each other at times. But Andrew had been so moved by who Jesus was. And he knew that his brother Simon also needed Jesus. And so there's this short verse in John chapter 1, verse 42, and it just says these words. And Andrew took Simon to meet Jesus. And that could be you. You are the Andrew in somebody's life. So who is God calling you to move towards with the gospel, to help them come to know Jesus? You know, we have Easter services coming and it is an incredible opportunity. If there's ever a time when somebody might be a little bit more likely to consider an invitation to church, it's, it's at Easter or at Christmas. And out in the, in the atrium, you may have seen the big banner out there. And this is how we want to challenge you and encourage you today. 
I want you to be thinking about who is that person in your life. Maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's three. Is it a family member? Is it a friend? Is it a coworker? Is it a neighbor? Somebody that you know that they don't really know Jesus. They don't have this peace to anchor them in their life. And then I want to encourage you that as you leave today, that you just stop out at that banner and just take one of the markers and just write the first name of that person or just their initials. No first and last names. Just a first name or the initials. As your way of saying, I'm committed to pray for this person and I'm going to reach out to them and invite them because I want them to know the peace that I found in a relationship with Jesus. All right? Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you.